Not salsa, not flamenco, my brother. Do you know? Not to. What is not to? Polam got to dumulo na pot lagitta duki na to pole ram majata ralo pota raju gina to kiru sepule sakori kara samuze si na to marri sattu dilo na kurra gumpu kodi na to yarra jonna rottelo na mira padukku galvina to na paata zudu na paata zudu na paata zudu na to na to na to na to na to na to pila na to. Welcome to the Strange Harbors podcast, a weekly discussion of film, television, and pop culture. My name is Jeff Zhang, and tonight I'm joined by Anutere and Derek Wong. So tonight we are talking about the action movie sensation of the year, SS Rajamali's RRR. I actually wanted to start by gauging if you've talked to anyone else about this movie, because for me... This movie is everywhere, on Twitter, on social media, and I hear a lot about it all the time. But when I talk to people and I recommend it, they've never heard of it. And I think a part of it has to do with it being an Indian movie. I think most people really don't have much familiarity with Indian cinema, and I don't either. This is actually like my first exposure to like Indian cinema at all. So I've been doing like a lot of research around the movie and not too many people outside of my social media circles know about this movie. What about you guys? So I have not talked to anybody about it, despite me, like you, Jeff, trying to recommend it as much as I can. Like Uh I keep telling my friends, like, please just watch this movie. You will not regret it. And they just don't. Not everyone takes my suggestions. I'm not that offended, but I'm pretty offended. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, that's partially why I wanted to do this podcast. I wanted to do this episode behind the scenes. Jeff's been pushing for it, but I've also been pushing for it because I want to hear you guys' thoughts and I just want to talk to somebody about it. I just yeah. want a friend to talk to about yeah. it, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm a big cheerleader for this movie. and Yeah. I think it's also a movie that works best in a theater and not that many theaters are playing it at all. I was lucky enough to be able to see it in a theater, but it is on Netflix, which is the easiest thing for people to see, but not in its native Telugu language. Mm -hmm. It is dubbed in Hindi, even though it is by the same actors, which is a big help when it comes to digesting dubbed audio for me. But still, it's not ideal for me, but if you want to do it, Netflix is probably the easiest way to do it. What about you, Amir? What's your experience? Kind of similar to you guys. I don't think that many people have heard of it. I can't say I've really been able to talk to anyone else who's also seen it. So, yeah, I'm going to have to start getting the word out because the fourth R is this uh, rules. This movie fucking rules. <laughs> it's great. Um, you guys are definitely right. The fourth R is for recommendation. Uh, you guys should all watch this movie. <laughs> you know I mean? Yeah. I wish more people were watching it because, yeah, you guys are right. It's totally... So I I have a pretty funny story of why I didn't watch this in theaters. And I have a beef with Matt Reeves' The Batman. 
because of it. (laughs) (laughs) So this movie actually was in theaters, in my local theaters at least, around the same time as The Batman. And I remember Mm -hmm. we did that. That movie also is three hours long. And I remember the week after that, I was like, I really want to go watch this RRR. I keep hearing things about it. And then I looked at the runtime. I'm like, fuck, it's three hours long. And I'm like, am I seriously going to do two three-hour movies back to back, week to week? And I was like, I'll just wait. I'll watch it next week or the week after. And then I waited too long and it did not show back up in my theaters. And I severely regret not being able to watch this movie in theaters. One of the biggest missed opportunities, I think, for a theater experience this year for me. Yeah, so I actually watched this in June in a one-day Alamo Drafthouse screening. So they did like a whole run for the movie earlier in the year, which I just missed. I just feel like it wasn't on my radar enough for me to go at that time. But in June, I went to the one-day encore screening of RRR. And it was a big Indian crowd, too. Oh, that sounds awesome. It was unbelievable. Probably, like, the most fun I've had at the theater since the premiere of Everything Everywhere All at Once. Just people were so rowdy when all the stars showed up on screen. It's like a Marvel movie. Like, when Robert Downey Jr. or something shows mm-hmm. up. So, like, when fucking Ram Sharam shows up and then N.T. Ramarao Jr. shows up. Everyone's just going buck wild crazy. People were doing the Natu Natu dance in the lobby. It was wild. Wow. It was crazy. And you also get to experience the interval intermission in the middle of the movie, which is... Oh, you actually took a break. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's what's on the screen, I mean, that's right? what it is. Yeah, that's yeah, what it yeah. is. And, and I cool. had to pee like fucking crazy, <laughs> too. So they need to bring this into like US movies like ASAP, because fucking intermission for long movies is like you gotta have that man i wish i had that for the batman any fucking movie that's over like two hours just throw like a five minute thing in there so people can fucking pee but yeah it was a great experience it was so so good so i don't think we have to like go too much into what we all thought i think we all are on the same page and i think we all love this movie Okay, I've already alluded to it. This movie's three hours long. There's mm-hmm. no way we're going to cover everything in this movie, at least. No, 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 no. But I would like to maybe give like a really brief synopsis. Well, we should talk a little bit about the background of this movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's okay. wild, too. Mm-hmm. A lot of things I didn't know reading up on this movie. So I learned a lot about like Indian cinema. I learned a lot about like Bollywood, which this movie is not. This is not a Bollywood movie. So this mm-hmm. is a Tollywood movie, which gets its name from the Tamil and Telugu languages spoken in the south of India. So that shouldn't be confused with Bollywood, which gets its name from the city of origin of its Hindi studio in Bombay, which is why it's called Bollywood. But Bombay is not called Bombay anymore. Now it's Mumbai. <laughs> so, and if you want to get even more granular... There's also, all right, hold on to your butts here. There's Mollywood, there's Hollywood, there's Jollywood, Chollywood. There's also Sandalwood, and even a second Tollywood, not from the Tamil and Telugu languages, but where those movies are filmed, um, a place called Tully Gunge, which is why it's called Tollywood. (laughs) It's unreal how crazy Indian cinema is. But basically, Tollywood is like, 
a bigger, grander version of Bollywood movies, which are like these long musicals, which this movie also is, but it goes harder, it goes bigger, and you can definitely tell from RRR that that's what this kind of movie is, right? Mm -hmm. And the movie is called RRR because it stands for Rise, Roar, and Revolt. But also, it's the name of the movie's like three stars. There's the director, S.S. Rajamali, and then there's Ram Sharam, who plays Raju, and then N.T. Ramarao Jr., who plays Beam. And the two actors, the main actors, they're like the two biggest stars in India right now. The only reason that they've never been in a movie together is because it's been too expensive to get both of them at the same time until now, <laughs> which is completely wild. Wait, let's discuss this. Who in like American cinema are like too expensive for them two to be like, do we have that equivalent? I don't think so. No. But like, I've never heard of anyone stopping but like, oh, we can't afford both Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt or whatever. I mean, even though they've been in the same movie (laughs) before, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Even more surprising to me is that S.S. Rajamali, he's as big of a star as the two main actors in it, too. Mm Because he got, like, the biggest cheer out of everyone in this movie when he shows up in the end credits. So, like, in the end credits, I was like, who's this fucking middle-aged Indian guy that we've never seen before? Who's this guy? He's not even in the movie. It's the director, that's S.S. Rajamali. And people were going wild over his little cameo appearance in the end credits. It's like the Marvel Universe Stanley stuff, you know? You just, just... Yeah, dude. Yeah, I guess so. Dude, the equivalent is like people going nuts over like gay Joe Russo in Avengers Endgame or something. <laughs> <laughs> he shows up. But they didn't. <laughs> but they didn't, exactly. As well they shouldn't have. I guess apparently he's a huge deal, right? Um, yeah. What, his last three films are like the top five highest grossing films in India to date ever? Yeah. All yeah. the most expensive Indian films ever at the time of their release. Yeah, he's uh, he's out there. He's he's like the biggest person doing it now, I guess, right? Like yeah. who is his equivalent? Do we have an equivalent of that? <sighs> Tarantino? Mm-hmm. Uh, no. But he does I mean not the box office in there, but like the acclaim. No, I'm thinking there's gotta be someone who does all of those things. Spielberg? I think at a certain Spielberg's point maybe close. Spielberg. Cameron? I, I was gonna say Cameron, exactly. That was my thinking. Yeah. He's Cameron. Yeah, um, I mean, if if Cameron starts dancing in the next uh, av- <laughs> Avatar, Avatar I'm all for it. <laughs> so you were tell us a little bit about the background of the film, like the like where it's from, the genre, the languages. What else did you learn about this film before we get into it? What else, what else should people know before diving in? I just want to see his other movies. That's what I learned. Uh, yeah, like uh, Bahubali one and two. Those are like the other two movies that are huge. That I really, really want to see. I believe those are both on Netflix, too, I believe. Are they? Probably they are. Yeah, Um, I believe they are. I haven't done that dive either. I mean, I have to admit, this has definitely, like, piqued my interest for, like, more Indian movies. mm -hmm. Hopefully people get excited after listening to us. Maybe wanting to go watch this now on, you know, it's, it's super accessible. It's on Netflix. And then also after watching it, maybe, you know, like us, maybe wanting to dive more into, like, Indian cinema. Yeah. Um, the last thing I will say that surprised me that I learned about the movie, because, yeah, all the stuff that Jeff said is, like, super surprising, but I was quite surprised to learn that this movie only really, I think it had, like, a $70 million budget. I mean, it's a three-hour movie. For us, that's almost, like, mid-range. It's, like, maybe high-mid. Yeah. And yeah. the amount that they got into this movie with the action and the stunts and just the stars, I, I think they did a lot with what they had. Yeah. Also, there's been a bit of backlash against the movie. Mm-hmm. with its, like, ultra-nationalist themes and stuff. 
which we'll get into later. We'll, we can talk about that later. I think uh, once we talk a little bit more about what the movie's about, I think it'll be clearer and easier to talk about like why this movie rubs some people the wrong way. But this movie's wild. This is bonkers. Uh, should yeah. we give a little bit of a synopsis? Yes. RRR is this, I guess it's this sprawling, ridiculous historical epic set in British-controlled India about two actual historical figures. So they're real people mm -hmm. uh, who fought against the British colonial rule. Aluri Sitharam Raju and, sorry if I'm butchering these names. Yeah, um, I know, right? <laughs> and Kamram Beam. So these two actually never met each other in real life. But this movie makes it seem like maybe they did, and maybe they became the bestest bros that ever broed. <laughs> it's definitely a dude's rock movie. It's yeah. such a dude's rock movie, dude. So they start on opposite sides without even knowing it. Beam's whole deal is that he's trying to rescue this girl who's been sold to the British, and Raju works for the British police, and they become fast friends when they rescue this kid in like this flaming river scene which is fucking insane too and there's this whole tension during their friendship of them maybe figuring out each other's secret and it turns out that raju is a mole within the british police and they both have the same goals of fucking up the british the white people <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like just from the opening it's fucking ridiculous this movie's so over the top everything goes to like 11 12 even you know uh raju is introduced fighting like three thousand people in a crowd beam is introduced fighting a wolf and a tiger in a forest at the same time it's fucking <laughs> yeah insane there's all these ramp ups and slow-mo it's just like the action spectacle of the year it's incredible everything about this thing goes so fucking hard it's definitely a dude's rock movie it's so great yeah, it's an epic. It's not realistic. No, not at it's all. It's not action like in, I don't know, like a Hong Kong martial arts film, action in a John Wick way. It's over-the-top action where your heroes are. It's almost a superhero movie. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I was going to say that. in the American, like, genre. It's not like a cape shit movie. It's larger-than-life heroes who can, you know, take on armies of men on their own with their bare hands. And it's awesome. It's really cool. There's a point in this movie where a dude catches a motorcycle and then flings it at another dude, right? Like, <laughs> there's also a point where the same guy gets attacked by a tiger, lifts a tiger off of his head, and then throws it at another dude. We're be talking a lot of weird, crazy shit. But they are essentially superheroes, right? They're not like super soldiers. They're not like given like some kind of serum or whatever. It's not magic. It's just ultra realism in a way. Like it's... In real life, no, they were not as strong as this, but, you know, it's, it's more of, like, a representation of their strength, right? But, like, in a way that it's just ramped to, like, a They're, line. like, figures from, like... Mythology. You know, from mythology. Exactly. That's exactly yes. where I was going to go, right? Like, Achilles just, you know, slurring armies and armies of men or whatever, right? Like, it's, it's that kind of thing. And at first, I didn't get it, right? Because uh, when you're introduced to Raju, he's being told by the British to go... Uh, I guess it's like a revolt against the British, and he's being told to grab one of the rabble-rousers. And so he dives yeah. out into a crowd of like a billion people, and is fighting like everybody in the world hand-to-hand -hand with a stick. And I'm like, wouldn't you just be like dragged down and killed immediately? Like, it was awesome, but it was also buggy me, because I, I didn't get it at first. And then by the time they introduced Bean fighting tigers and wolves, I'm like, all right, I'm picking up what this movie's putting down. This rules. Yeah. Yeah, it is very over the top, and so you do have to go in with that in mind. But if you're willing to embrace it, yeah, it, it totally kicks ass. 
So sorry, I think we got a little off your point, Jeff. You were explaining how, um, you know, uh, Roger's the police officer. Yeah. He's looking for Beam, right? And, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Beam is trying to sneak into the governor's mansion to save this girl who's been abducted by the governor. Uh, abducted from his village by the governor. Neither knows yeah. his identity. And this all takes, like, the first, I don't know, hour of the movie for this conflict to come to a head. That really surprised me because you know, the movie introduces these two guys initially as enemies, right? As clear antagonists. But because they don't know about it, they're allowed to form like a fast friendship mm-hmm. over the course of the first hour of the movie. That's really affecting. It's really cool. And it's not what I expected at all. Because I was like, when they introduce Raju and they show how awesome he is and he's saving the little kid in danger, like, wow, they're really making the villain of this three-dimensional. But he's not really the villain, right? Because yeah. as Jeff was saying, there is a sort of a plot twist in the second act. After Beam and, and Raju, their secrets come out and they have their first conflict. There's a little flashback scene. You get to understand Raju's motivation. You know, Beam is just trying to save this one girl who's been abducted by the British governor. But Raju is like one in a line of anti-British revolutionaries. And yeah. uh, he's trying to overthrow the British government of India by <laughs> arming all of the people, which fucking rules. So to give a little bit more context, though, and, and this is also another thing about, I guess, Indian movies that I've read about, is that it is not out of the norm to have the movie split up into almost like two different movies. And that's where like the intermission comes in, right? The interval that they call yeah, yeah. in the middle of the movie where that's kind of where the movie turns. Is that when it was, Jeff, after that first conflict? Was that the intermission? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, that makes sense. It's kind of a natural place for it. The first part of the movie, the Bean character, he's from a certain village and one of his... He keeps calling it his sister. I'm guessing it's just like a little no, girl from the no, village. No, it's just a girl. It's a girl from the village that gets taken and bought by a British governor. And his mission is to try oh, to- no. she, She's abducted. She's abducted, but I mean, the idea is she's bought, right? And he's trying to get her back. He's trying to rescue her. Word does get back to this British governor that I know that someone's coming for this little girl. We need to find this person. So there is a bounty put on this person and the governess basically is- given the orders to the army, like, hey, whoever finds this person, I will rank up special officer. We understand Raju's motivation in the, the first half of the movie is to get to this point. For some reason, he really wants to be a special officer. And it's not until the second half when we find out why. But like, mm-hmm. that's really his motivation is that he's actually trying to look for Beam. And Beam is the person trying to rescue the kidnapped child. That's where the tension comes in a lot of the first half. They become really best friends because they saved this other kid over a bridge but what they don't know is that they're actually in each other's way and that's what happens at the end of the first half right they have Mm -hmm. this like battle the governor's party and this sounds like super compelling and stuff but like let me just tell people that there's no part of this movie that is not completely over the top the bromance is the broiest bro stuff you've ever fucking seen they're bonding over like doing squats on each other's shoulders. Dude, it's fucking hilarious. It's so fucking funny. And you know what separates us from, like, American cinema is that it's so, like, earnest and matter-of-the-fact. It's not, like, winking or, Mm -mm. like, Mm -hmm. ironic at all. It's really refreshing to see. It's really, really fun. It's cool. Like, these guys rule. Like, it's cool that they're really best friends, bosom buddies, blood brothers. Describing it as, it's almost like a romantic comedy between two best friends, right? Like, just two dudes. It's not romance in the sense that they love each other romantically, but 
they do love each other. They become best friends and there's a point where they come together. It's like a honeymoon phase. And then there's a point that something comes between them. And then Mm -hmm. by the end, they reconcile. They're forever in love. I love that. It's not just an action movie. There's elements of action. There's elements of a musical. But then there's also what I've been describing as like this rom-com feel to it, which I really, really... Yeah. um, And there's actually a rom-com within the rom-com. The (laughs) rom-com, Sure. But to Derek's point, you know, the extent to which that's de-emphasized versus the central relationship between the two heroes is really pivotal, right? Mm Mm-hmm. The movie is about these two guys. It's not about yeah. The, yeah. sort of the women who are sort of tacked on there. Right, right. So the secondary rom-com only takes up like maybe 15 minutes yeah. of the movie. There's this white girl, Jenny, who I think is like the governor's niece or something. Yes. I don't know who the She's the she one yeah. good British person in the movie. She's the one good every white other, person. <laughs> every other British person in the movie is a demon from the seventh circle of hell. <laughs> They're all racist pieces of shit. And they got Ray Stevenson to play the governor, mm-hmm. who was the Punisher. And they got Allison Duty from fucking Raiders of the Lost, Lost Ark, Ark to play uh, the governess, which the is fucking hilarious. Governess, she, yeah. she was the Nazi in the Indiana Jones movie, which is fucking hilarious. Yeah, dude. And the fact that the British are all evil in this movie, it rules, by the way. Like, <laughs> the fact that there's, like, absolutely not a drop of, like, subtlety or, like, oh, yeah. Shades of Grey. Just like, no, they're all completely evil pieces of shit. <laughs> so after watching this movie, we've talked about, it. I've never really watched Indian cinema. Admittedly, I don't know that much about Indian history. But, you know, I know we learned about colonialism, you know, in like world history and everything. But after watching this movie, I'm like, do Indians see the British as the Nazis? Like, we see the Nazis. We watch British dramas. There's a lot of British characters in like a lot of American movies, too. They're never this bad. They're never seen as like this terrible sector of humanity that I think this movie sometimes portrays them as. And I don't know. Was that surprising to you guys at all? Not really. I feel like the British are pretty much painted as villains all the fucking time, especially Mm -hmm. in, like, foreign movies. They're fucking colonists, you know? So I wasn't surprised by that at all. Okay. They're cartoon villains, and watching these two dudes just fuck up British person after British person is fucking hilarious. It's very cathartic to see, I think. Did you hear about the guy who complained about this, by the way? Mm -mm. No. I'm sure there are people who complained. So there's a British uh, historian published an article about how RRR is like a very nasty portrayal of the British. It's not accurate or whatever. And he just got completely owned online. (laughs) I'm I'm sure. I'm sure. But the funniest thing about it is that this guy's name is Rob Toombs. (laughs) Rob Toombs. That's so great. Oh, I think I saw Rob this. Rob defending colonialism. I think I saw this. That's incredible. Yeah, to add to the anti-British uh, hatred. Not slander, because it is true. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this old phrase, uh, I don't know where it's from. I've seen it so many places. Like, it's, I don't know, apocryphal now. But it goes, if two fish are fighting in a river, an Englishman must have passed by. It's <laughs> 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 bad funny. Yeah, like, the English are just, like, completely sadistic. Like, yeah, they're just such out-and-out villains in this, and it's really cool. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Before we get too far away from the idea of the British, but also, like, the actual beginning of this movie, I do love the introduction of the Ray Stevenson character. Uh Uh-huh. Scott Buxton, you know, like, governor. That reoccurring speech that he does, he talks about the price of a bullet Mm -hmm. and, like, how far it's come to get to India and how it's not to be wasted on an Indian citizen. It's just like, this guy's a dick. And he says that very similar speech, I believe, like three or four times throughout the movie. Also, the intro where the woman just gets 
bashed over the head with this log, I was like, yeah, dude. Okay, now I understand what movie we're getting into. All right, so, like, the tone of this movie is a little crazy, because, like, yeah. a lot of it seems like a PG-13 PG biopic. It's like the sprawling epic biopic type movie. But then, like, all the action and shit goes so hard, it goes, like, really, really hard R sometimes. Like you said, the Indian woman in the beginning, who's the girl's mother, she gets domed by this fucking tree branch or whatever, the log, right? You're like, yeah, where did this even come from? Yeah. I feel like that's, like, the first instance of violence in this movie. I was like, Like, hyper-violence, yeah. Yeah, hyper-violence. And... There's, like, this tonal clash. I would usually find kind of annoying, but I thought it was really entertaining to me. Mm -hmm. And I think the best example I can give is this romance that Beam has with Jenny, right? So, like, it's this super cute little romance where Raju is trying to help Beam flirt with Jenny. And they don't speak each other's languages. And it's, like, this cute little courtship. And you think, like, oh, rom-coms, they have, like, you know, the misunderstanding where something happens and, like, there's, like, a falling out. So, like, that happens between Raju and Beam, but also between Beam and Jenny. But the falling out between Beam and Jenny is that Beam comes crashing through the palace gates with a fucking zoo and throws leopards at the people in the palace and kills all of them, (laughs) releasing a whole fucking slew of animals in slow motion to, like, destroy her family, basically, which I found very, very fucking funny. It's really hard to describe. I hate to bring this up. It's really similar to, it's one of the very first shots you see in, like, Avengers Age of Ultron. Like the hero shot. Mm -hmm, The hero shot in that movie where they're going through the forest and they're all, like, lined up in a row. It's kind of the same thing. Like, this truck full of animals crashes into this castle. It basically starts drifting, right? There's kind of like Uh a side drift. And all of these animals come out all at once. Mm-hmm. Beam also jumps out of the truck and he's holding two torches in his hand. And yeah, like, and he's like in the middle. Yeah, yeah. It's a fucking awesome shot. And you're just like, oh, somehow he's tamed these animals and he's going to wreak havoc. But no, he also, at one point, you know, I described it, he gets attacked by the tiger too. And he launches a tiger at a person, which is awesome. And like, <laughs> There's a reoccurring theme that happens really only like in the first half of the movie. It gets lost in the second half. But... There's this idea of water versus fire, right? Raju character gets introduced. The R becomes the word fire. Mm -hmm. And he's very much the fire in this element. The beam character, when he's introduced, you know, the R is like part of the word water. um, And he's the water element. I didn't actually notice it until today where I like to call their meat cute at the very beginning of the movie. Not even the beginning of the movie. 40 minutes into the movie when they actually rescue this kid on the train is this crazy set piece where they tie ropes to each other and one's on a horse one's on a motorcycle and there's a kid that's surrounded by fire in this river they're trying to save this kid so they charge at each other one on a horse one on a motorcycle and they both leap off of this bridge and basically become a pendulum right and they're both anchors to each other so while one is swinging towards the kid to grab the kid The other has like a flag in their hand, dips the flag in the water, and then when they're about to cross, the other throws the kid to the person, (laughs) while the other throws the flag because they are about to pendulum into a large fire. So, like, they cover themselves in this wet flag while the other carries the kid. When they swing out and swing back towards each other, you know, they do a hand grab. 
that's the moment they become best friends, right? <laughs> Even in that scene, if you look at the background, Beam's background is completely sky blue, while Raj's background is completely full of fire. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's where that theme starts coming in, where the fire versus water. And then it culminates in this battle right at the palace where Raju is fighting with two torches in his hand while Beam has this hose of water. That's where this awesome action set piece happens where they're fighting each other and like going after each other because this is the point where like Beam is trying to rescue Malali, I think her name is, while Raju finally shows his true colors and says like, hey, I'm a British officer and I've been looking for you this whole time and I'm here to arrest you. Beam does actually get arrested while Raj gets promoted, right, to this special officer. Amir, is there anything you wanted to bring up about the first half or at least, you know, that fight before we kind of move into the second half? No, I think you guys covered it all. I find the first half of the movies, yeah, super entertaining. As much as I do like the ending and stuff to this movie, I do think the second half slows down a little bit. I think the first half has probably a lot more uh, of the elements that I really enjoyed. But um, yeah, the second half is still pretty great. I was going to say, I mean, I guess the first half, the one thing we didn't mention, Jeff briefly mentioned, is the Natu-Natu dance, right? Mm -hmm. Like the big dance sequence in the first half. They're at this party with the governess and it starts out as super racist, right? This white guy saying like, hey. He challenges them to a dance-off. <laughs> Basically challenges them to a dance-off. And they're like, well, have you heard of this style of Natu Natu? And like, it's basically a dance battle where the last one survives wins, right? And it's this weird leg jig thing. And it's super intense, super fast-paced. You just have to see it. It goes fucking hard, man. It is insane the way they shoot this dance sequence is fucking incredible too Mm -hmm. because i think like western musicals and movies with dance numbers they like to do like a lot of cuts and close-ups and Mm -hmm. i think like if you want to compare something like what was that lin-manuel miranda musical in the heights in the heights they did like a lot of close-ups and edits and even west side story spielberg's west side story which is better than in the heights in the choreography section by far They also do, like, swooping cameras and stuff. But with RRR, it's, like, locked camera, wide shot, full dance move. And, like, they only cut at the end of one move into another. And it's incredible to watch. Because everybody can fucking dance, right? Yeah. I mean, the analogy is to uh, Hong Kong cinema versus American martial arts films, right? Yeah. Where, again, fixed camera, the wide shot. Because if you have people who can actually do the things that you're depicting, you want to show it off. Whereas if the people in the movie can't do it, you want to hide it with the quick edits and the close-ups. And so there's nothing to hide here. Both of these guys can obviously actually dance, and it rules. Yeah, there's a bit with the suspenders, which is fucking phenomenal. Yeah. I fucking love it. It's so good. Or just like the synchronized leg movements. It's yeah, like- it's so good. It's so good that it's like a TikTok challenge. People fucking doing yeah. the dance, like trying to sync up with the movie and stuff. Really? It's, it's fantastic. Jeff, I'm pretty sure you've watched it. Like, if you want a little bit more context about this movie, like, one video I could definitely recommend is Patrick Bullum's video on this. Mm-hmm. He kind of talks about RRR and co written by Sidon Idlaka, I think his name is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they released, what is it, like a two minute trailer for this movie where they showed part of like the Natu Natu dance. That two minute trailer got a hundred something million views. And wow. like, people learned the dance from that trailer and were ready to dance the dance before the movie even opened right like that's how crazy people were ready for this movie and excited for this movie like yeah. in India. like i told you i saw people like doing the dance in the lobby and stuff it's great it's so like infectious you know and i think i read 
somewhere that I think they did 17 different takes of the dance because ah. like he wanted it to be perfectly synchronized, like their leg movements and like their head yeah, movements yeah, and everything. Yeah. It's funny because I think I read that they took the second take. They basically did like 15 more times to like- And it was never as good as the second. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But that's crazy. You know, this was really important to the director. We got to get this dance sequence right. Mm-hmm. It's intense, man. It's so good. Yeah. There's like this weird little story in the dance too. them trying to fight racism. There's a point, you know, the white guy's being racist and like there's the black drummer who's, oh, I know what's going on here. I'm not cool with this. And he helps them drum the beat that they need to dance and like. Yeah. And like when they own the British and the dance off, the black guy's like, hell yeah. You know, it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. All right. Let's get into the second half. So it's really interesting. Like the Raju character in my mind has three introductions. He has two main introductions and then like a little mini one that i'll talk about later we already mentioned the first one right the one where he fights a 200 person army by himself it's like very snack snyder-ish or whatever like 300 right ish where mm-hmm. he like fights off a bunch of people but then his character i guess gets kind of almost like a reintroduction and like a recontextualization the first part of the second half where we get an introduction to him as a kid in his tribe he is trained by his father in the skill of infantry and like shooting and his goal and his father's goal is to arm his people so that they could be ready for any kind of invasion and to help fight the British off. Right. And it kind of contextualizes like why he wants so much to be a special officer because the status of special officer is the one who gets the control where the ammunitions and the armaments go. Mm-hmm. The idea is that, you know, once he gets to this position, he's able to finally send arm the rebels, yeah. arm the rebels that he wants to, right? That have been trained with guns. In the first half, he's really much the antagonist to Beam's character, right? Like Beam is very much the hero that's trying to save his sister. And you're like, why is your best friend in your way, right? Like, why can't he see, you know, Beam's side, just let it go. And then we find out that he also has a pretty noble cause, right? And wanting to like fight against the British. Mm-hmm. I try to take myself out of what I understand of like American cinema. For me, normally if I see this, it would be kind of frustrating. Like you're trying to like recontextualize this character, but then also like you're basically restarting this movie. Like I said, this is the start of a whole other movie. For me, it works. It helps me sympathize with this character even more. It became really hard to root for either one at that point. You're kind of like, they both have noble causes and like i want to see them both succeed i guess in this venture that they have yeah well and then they team up and fuck up the british so (laughs) yeah uh one thing i do love from i guess raju's backstory is the introduction of his father this idea of the what does he say he says reload aim fire or something like that yeah right and like that shoot loading shoot or something and you know we find that like raju even as a kid is like a marksman which I thought that was a really cool set piece where like he's just as a kid, even just like mowing down the British army with just like himself and his gun. Mm-hmm. His backstory is really sad and tormented because like, you know, we see his brother get shot. We see his mom get shot. And then he has to shoot his own dad who's full of explosives and basically blows up <laughs> the British army. Like, dude, it's it's an intense backstory. Yeah. This movie's basically like a musical, too, because the music in this is yeah. incredible, too. There's a scene where, which also goes fucking hard, where yeah. Beam has been captured, and Raju has to whip him. And it's a whip, and it's got, like, these metal spikes on it. It's fucking hard as hell, too, right? And, like, as Raju's whipping him, 
there's like this haunting song in the background, which is actually like describing what's going on in the movie. And it's basically saying, oh, are these two bros ever going to like fix the relationship or like forgive each other for this? You know, it's kind of like this, I don't know what you call it, like a Greek chorus, which is so over the top. And it's just a great scene, too. Let's also, like, not forget that he's actually whipped by, like, a regular whip before. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then the governor's is like, Here, use this one. Use this one, which is, like, a black whip with spikes on it. I was like, what the fuck? Like, (laughs) this lady is evil. Like, capital E-V-I-L, evil. I guess after that, Raju comes to his senses in a way and thinks like, hey, I can still send armaments, but then I also need to free Beam, right? Free Beam Mm -hmm. and his sister. Even that set piece goes fucking hard where Raju has this whole plan where he's going to drive ahead and like drop a log on the the cars behind him and basically be able to set Beam free. But then like, there's a point where the log comes down on Ray Stevenson's car, launches Ray Stevenson in the air while he's in the air, he grabs a gun and shoots Raju's car, which then launches Raju and Molly out of his car, which is like, what the fuck did I just watch? The best explanation for this movie is like, SS Raju Molly is like, if Zack Snyder had a sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> There's very like stylistic similarities between Zack Snyder and <laughs> Raju Molly, I feel. But this is just, uh, instead of 100% played straight, it's just completely heightened, you know? And it's just so much fun watching all these set pieces. Beam and Molly do escape. But at this point, Raju's the one who gets captured, right? He's injured and he's captured by the British army. And we have this time jump, a little bit of a time jump. And this is kind of where we get almost like a small reintroduction to Raju, which I thought was like one of the funniest scenes that we got. In the movie where, like, the one British officer is talking to, like, the Ray Stevenson character. He's like, oh, yeah, we've starved him. He's been without water and food for, like, a week. He must be, like, begging for his life. And then when we get to his cell, he's, like, doing pull-ups. Yeah. Which I thought was so fucking hilarious. And then... Every step of this movie is dude's rock, right? So... Every character has a chance to be awesome and over the top. The movie's gonna take that option every single time. And then the movie basically culminates with the Beam character coming to rescue the Raju character and they have this awesome action set piece in like both the prison and the jungle. So Jeff's mentioned it earlier, two dudes on each other's shoulders doing like, you know, squats. Well, that comes in handy because one of the last action set pieces is that like Raju's legs have been injured and can't move. So he climbs on Beam's back and he's holding two rifles while Beam is basically his legs and they like work together to take down the British army, which is just like, what is going on with this? Dude, it fucking rules. It rules, yeah. And then Raju gets this bow, and he has, like, this transformation where he, like, takes on the form of Ramachandra, the the Hindu god, and he's, like, shooting people with a bow. And, like, this is the scene where you were talking about, Derek, earlier, where Beam, like, kicks this motorcycle, and it flies through the air, he catches it, and he uses it as, like, a giant battering ram against the british it's fucking ridiculous yeah and yeah so i think there's some backlash against the movie about like appropriating like the religious 
imagery. Mm-hmm. I think it's really interesting because there's like nuance where it's super nationalist, you know, fighting against the British. But now that nationalism in modern day is like right wing nationalism, right? So people in India, they're like, oh, this kind of nationalism, they oppress minorities like Muslims and, and other minorities in the country. And so there's like that kind of backlash in the movie. And the color that nationalist movement uses is the orange that Raju puts in his costume at the end of the movie. Mm -hmm. So there's like a lot of people who are like kind of rubbed the wrong way by that. I'm not going to pretend I'm an expert in this, but like this is what I heard. I think Patrick Williams talks about this in his video too. Yeah. So that's where some of the backlash against this movie comes from. I didn't really know anything about the political context. That's all. That's all interesting. Yeah. I didn't know about it until afterwards too. So like in the moment, none of this really was even present in my mind. I mean, for me, it was just, this movie is just super fun, super bonkers. I can still confidently say that this is like one of the best movie experiences I've had this year, even though I didn't actually watch it in a theater, right? Like it was just me and yeah. my, my fiance who didn't watch the whole thing with me, but like, cause she was in and out of doing work. And you know what I mean? Like I still had a ton of fun watching this movie. I was glad I was at home at parts because there was parts where I just had to leave my seat because it was just so ridiculous over the top that I had to cheer and like react physically with my body and I I had a lot of fun yeah I mean there were people like standing and cheering at my screening too it's a lot of fun Um, no matter where you watch it so this movie is on Netflix you can watch it it is dubbed in Hindi and I usually cannot watch dubs I just cannot stand dubs but this one's actually pretty palatable just because it's the same actors doing the Hindi dub. But if you want it to watch it in the native Telugu, you can watch it on this streaming platform called Z5. And it is in the native Telugu, but you do have to pay for it. I believe it's like 20 bucks for like three months. It was like a huge library of Indian cinema. So like you can watch all of uh, S.S. Rajamali's other movies and stuff. So... I would say it's worth it. Yeah. Especially if you want to watch this movie. Because, like, if you go to the theater, it's going to cost you, like, 15, 20 bucks anyway. But, yeah. So, that has it in the native language, which is not dubbed. There's, like, some weird rights-sharing thing with Netflix where it just doesn't have the the rights to the native Telugu. But, yeah. If you're, like, a stickler for non-dubbed version of movies, then you should seek out the Z5 version. Uh, Any final words, uh, Amir? No. I mean, I just think that... uh... I would emphasize that people should see this. It's really a lot of fun. You know, I know it's long, like three hours seems like it's a lot, but this one flies by. It's really quite epic. It's it's totally worth seeing. And it's easy to watch. So yeah, definitely go out and watch it. I'm not going to recommend it this way. I mean, I guess I could, but we've talked about it. It feels like two separate movies. If you wanted to, you could technically just separate it, you know, once the intermission. Break it up at the intermission, yeah. Yeah, and then watch it another time. You know, it's basically two one and a half hour movies that you would watch. You theoretically could do that. But I suggest still to watch. If you have the time, try to do it in one sitting. And speaking for myself, I feel like this is a very good gateway movie into Indian cinema, especially if you want to watch other Tollywood stuff, um, get into Bollywood cinema. It's just something that is a complete blind spot for me. I just don't watch these kinds of movies. I think first, because of accessibility, and then second is just not something that I've been exposed to that much. So I'm super interested to like check out other movies and directors and Mm -hmm. good opportunity to start your indian cinema education here (laughs) honestly i can't recommend this movie enough if you're looking for something to watch definitely take the chance on this it's it's just super super fun yeah it's so fun all right well i guess 
If there's nothing else, that will conclude this week's episode. Jeff, where can people find more of your work? You can find me on my blog at Strange Harbors, and you can also find me on Instagram and Twitter at Strange Harbors. What about you guys? Uh, you can find me plotting a revolt against the British. <laughs> what about you, Derek? What are you up to? I was going to ask, do we need to rename our podcast JAD? <laughs> no, it doesn't work as well. This doesn't ring. No. <laughs> have to get our names changed in order to make it work. <laughs> But if you would like to follow me, you could uh, find me at well, the world's okayest photos and Screen Agents Guild on Instagram. But if you like this podcast, the easiest way to support our podcast is to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or any of the other popular podcast apps. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please do us a favor and give us a great rating. It really helps to get our podcast out to more people. Yeah, if you have any questions, comments, suggestions about our episode on RRR, feel free to shoot us an email. If you're an Indian listener and want to give a little more insight onto the movie, feel free to shoot us an email. We want to see your thoughts, see what else you have to say about the movie. We like reading out emails on the pod sometimes, so feel free to do that. You can send that email to jeff at strangeharbors.com. And with that, we will see you guys next week. See you next week, everybody. See you guys then.